Happy New Year! Welcome! Hello, hello! Happy New Year! Welcome! Yeah, you sound like a hundred cheetah. Right? <laughs> right? Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to 2022 episode one of 2022 but actually like episode eight yeah of the cast and we are i am van i am mandy and we are five degrees of wisdom oh, as you can tell yeah uh, you know new year new us girls yeah. it's my year <laughs> <laughs> it's i yeah we have quality inside within so we're back men's Happy New yeah. Year to you. Are you are you happy, happy. coming into twenty twenty two strong and ready? Listen, it's quarter to February. Have you had time to soak in the new year? Dude, we start work the first week of Jan. Yo. It was a continuation of life for Yo. me to be honest. <laughs> it wasn't a new year. It no, really wasn't a new year. It was for me. like it was new, like next week. A yeah. New week. Yeah, it was a new week. It was like we are moving on. And and honestly, twenty twenty one wasn't actually even a year. It was Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> for the past two years I don't know what's been happening, no. to be honest. It's like this really, really long weekend that <laughs> <laughs> never ends. It just doesn't end. And I've been telling the world I'm no weekend weekend Cause special. Because it's been doing the most. Yeah. The most yeah. Just, yeah. Your but hopes, yeah. dreams, ambitions for twenty twenty two. Uh-uh. You're asking me my visions, my plans, my... I'm not doing <laughs> resolutions. I told you, I did not do a new year. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I meant... But what, what does your next week look like? <laughs> Same shit, different day. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I feel that. I feel that. But I, I'm feeling super optimistic about this year. Yeah. Like, you had a good start. Yeah, too. I had a, a good, strong start, 2022. And mm-hmm. um, I guess it's one. It's it's one of those years where... I just feel good about it, mm. you know, like I, mm. I just feel good about it. And I mean, listen, I know that there's ups and downs and in-betweens, but yeah. I'm hoping that I sustain this energy throughout the year and yeah. keep it up because it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also very grateful for, 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 for this because I'm just thinking of us. I am the cloud and you are the sun. I am the cloud that possesses the potential to rain, yeah. storm, and have hail because I have a very pessimistic understanding yeah. right now. But you are the sun, and your radiance shines, <clears throat> and also inspires me to either move away, yeah, and clear so that you can bring some warmth to the earth, or you know to cover you up. So don't allow the 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 dampened moods of some of us to cover you up. <laughs> Shine, baby girl. I like it. I receive. I take it. But I guess that's. I mean, in 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 a lot of ways, that's 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 something that is wonderful about community. You yes. know, like yes. we spoke about in some of our episodes last year, about um the role that community has to keep mm-hmm. you going. You know, mm-hmm. and to like you're saying, like when you're unable to keep yourself going, it's always good to have a good net mm-hmm. to to catch yourself. I got you, girl. Speaking of being got. Yes. Oh, what, you want to say something? No, I was saying I read in someone's devotional book that, yes. that's a story for another day, <laughs> that, that I'm just paraphrasing, it was speaking about the, the strength of um, 
people who pray around you. Yeah. Because in moments where you are at a low, it is the prayers of others that will keep you going. Yeah. And once again, it's just echoing and emphasizing the importance of community. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and on that, I mean, and I, I suppose in some ways this is uh, part of our discussion for this episode, um, thriving in your lane and kind of following... Um, yeah, finding ways to exist on your own terms in the world, you know, like on the thing of allowing other people or having people that are going to shop for you when you can't shop for yourself. Um, diff- people are different, right? Mm-hmm. And at different moments, we are not all at the same frequency or have the same Um, mood or going through the same things Mm -hmm. and I think one of the things that are very important to come to terms with and perhaps something that we need to accept about ourselves as human beings is that we will not always feel or be the same consistently and Mm -hmm. instead of feeling resentful or angry or um, regret maybe even or shame or embarrassment for not being always the sun for instance mm-hmm. you know we need to let go of that expectation of ourselves mm-hmm. it's unrealistic mm-hmm. it's unrealistic because to have that expectation of ourselves and then to chastise ourselves and punish ourselves when we don't live up to the expectation is to say is to expect and demand of ourselves to be devoid of emotion to be devoid of just life experience. If life is inconsistent, um, we can't expect ourselves to respond to life in a consistent manner, mm. you know? And that's different from saying like, you can be a person that is full of hope and is always hopeful, mm. or a person that is always like, you know, whatever. That's a very different thing than to say like, yeah, I'm gonna just always not recognize when things are different or change has happened, mm-hmm. and I won't respond to it. I'm just always gonna be like this super uh, still and you know like stoic figure that is completely unmoved by anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's an unrealistic expectation we have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about you know your response to the world that is ever changing. That inconsistency is you can't then be a person who doesn't adapt. Yeah, you see, this, exactly. this, is, this is when... Um, who's, who is this, that guy? I almost said Newton. What is it? <laughs> the evolution guy. Oh, um... Darwin. Oh, Darwin. Darwin, adapt or die. Yeah. See, the adapt or die principle here it becomes very prominent for me because of this factor that when life is never stagnant or yeah. life is not one lane. Yeah. You must adapt or you will die. If you think it will be one lane and you ought to follow it in one pattern, then you would have failed to adapt to the circumstance yeah. and therefore you yeah. will die. Either you die emotionally, spiritually and all other yeah. things, you are yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's tricky because um, for me, I'm a person who likes, I like patterns. Yeah. But I don't like pattern. You're but a creature I, of habit. But I like, I like security, habit because security is safe. Yeah. Um, but in the same breath, I get bored easily. Uh, so when you say, you know, life with its inconsistencies and its changes and etc. And you failing to adapt and rise to the occasion. 
um it's just getting me thinking like it's it's very tricky it's very tricky it is it is because you, you you don't know how to respond to that as a being yeah um because you do like the comfort of having things stay as they are especially when now you find it adapted to the circumstance for example i moved jobs this year yeah um back in my home province for work and i really have been having the feeling that i can't wait to put my roots down like i feel i've been moving for the past how many years now yeah like i've lived in so many provinces now i'm tired so I'm like, I can't wait to have like a, a permanent place where I'm like, this is where I do my hair, yeah. y'all. This is where, I, this is my spa. Yeah, the personal like address. This is a spa. Yeah, like a box you know, there. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's nothing like that. And I mean, if I don't change and rise to the occasion that in every space that I go, there's an opportunity, there's a chance, mm-hmm. there's something and I need to adapt and live by it. Um, for that season... And then you know, I fail to rise to the occasion yeah. and I miss out on so, so much. much. Of yeah. course. Yeah. See, I agree with that completely. You know, that idea of, of reading the room, if you want, or mm. the environment and adapting to it. Because for me, what it sounds like, it's, it's a process rec- recognizing that there's change that has happened or something different has happened. Recognizing that is realizing that the, the, the cards are in the air. Now it's your duty and job. What an adaptation is 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 rearranging those those in an in a way in which there's some semblance of order, mm. right? So it is it it is making sense of what is potentially chaotic, and making that habitable. You know, because that's what we do in life throughout. You know, in order for us to be able to comprehend the world, to figure out our place in it, what we should be doing, when and how, there has to be some kind of order. You know, that's what we do with our alarms. That's what we do with schedules. That's what we do with appointments. Like we we're trying to arrange life, create order where there is looming chaos, because that is a place of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a person that is just naturally anxious, or you're a person that is naturally easily distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you 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 have you will like really want to arrange the world so that you don't feel like there's a looming threat mm. constantly or a rug will be pulled under your feet constantly and you'll be underprepared or you or feel ill-equipped to deal with that situation so that can be really unnerving but i think it presents like what you said it presents an opportunity for you to to rearrange the order and to evaluate what worked and what didn't work you know so sometimes right like, like for example, like you starting a new job, right? Um, mm. You're starting a new job in a new place. So there, there are a lot of loose ends that need to be tied. At least it can feel that way. Um, because, especially because there's a lot of things that are new. Mm. And, but with that said, in, in rearranging or in trying to create order in that situation, I think there's a real opportunity to figure out whether or not the previous situation was just good or it was ideal, mm-hmm. right? And now you can you can aid, you can you can progress from that and create a situation that is a little bit closer to the ideal. That way you don't feel like you are completely at a loss, so to speak. So I don't know. I just I just kind of feel like 
maybe maybe a reset or tossing all your cards in the air or a, an opportunity for change or a temporary or momentary chaos is not completely terrible i get that and i'm just thinking to myself i mean that is a good approach to see it if you are a person who doesn't also ascribe to the signs of the times that yeah. you're living in i mean i'm just thinking to myself going back to let's make an example of the children of israel right they were told um when they went with moses they were told they're going to a land of milk and honey yeah. the lord is taking them out of the sla- slavery and they're going to a better land right that's what they are told but you know going there that whole journey that whole experience with god they experience led them to also understand that when we disobey it is a delay on our progress yeah so now they go to this promised land lo and behold there's new bondage there's new captivity so the cycle continues because of the disobedience because of etc etc um what i'm trying to get at is the patterns of life also show you that these are the signs of the times yeah. and also with prophetic reading they also knew what was to yeah. come um they knew there was a messiah that was supposed to come and this messiah was going to help them get out of some sort of bondage so yes they were going to a promised land but they were there was still a bondage yeah. that was also coming right so now i'm thinking to myself us as people who know that these are very unsettling times and we are ever moving into different challenges that we are you know as much as we want to continue to live our lives and stay in our lane and you know fix the unpredictabilities of life and you know manage things as best as we can how do we then also stay in our lane but also still have good enough insight and perspective to know that it's temporary. Yes. And beyond it being temporary, yeah. you also do know that there is a trouble time coming your yeah. way. So you're staying in your lane, but you must also be preparing. Mm. So how do, how do you go about that? Because I think a lot of us are forgetting that even now when I say, I don't know what's been happening for the past two years, the world has been looking very dark. Yeah. I mean, yes, people are still making money. People are still looking happy, but personally, this country is just in the pits for me. The whole world is just in the pits for me. And okay, fine. Yes, I am the cloud that rains most of the time. <laughs> but, I mean, things are really looking very yeah. dark. And it's in that that I'm like, read the room then. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, stay in your lane. Do your thing. Have your goals. Have your resolutions. Try to hustle in life. But... Are you aware that yeah. you ought to be preparing? There is a trouble time coming. Yeah. So, man, I mean, that's a, I think actually that's a powerful point. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is that, like, while you are staying in your lane, acting at an individual capacity or at an individual level, you can't negate that you also exist in a much greater and bigger, yes. grander scale. Yes. You're a part of something that's much bigger and grander than just your individual 
yes. life. Yes. So I want to, I mean, I don't have an answer to that, but I'm just thinking maybe, maybe one way of answering the question is um, picking up on the way you ended off with saying that, you know, you can go about your business or whatever, but how are you preparing or mm -hmm. are you preparing? Mm -hmm. You know, I would think that that what you call going about your business, you know, kind of acting in a, your individual capacity is the preparation. Because ultimately, even if, say, the world comes collapsing tomorrow, there's nothing you can do to stop that. And, and you will not experience it on a grand scale. By that I mean, what I mean by that is, whatever happens in and outside of the world, and whatever happens to and in the world, you experience it as an individual. Mm -hmm. So you are limited by your individuality, so to speak. Okay. You know what I mean? You don't, you're not going to become a super human that is able to... You see the world as you are. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you will always experience things at an individual scale. Mm. If there is a recession, it will hit you hardest because you, as an individual, won't be able to put food on the table, mm. you know? Um, if, like now with the pandemic, people have died. But, I mean, saying people have died and you looked at and you look at the numbers, it's like, okay, you can, you can be sympathetic and empathetic, but ultimately... What will hurt the most because of the pandemic is if you as an individual lose people in your yeah. circle. Yeah. So I think we, we experience the world individually or in our individual state and, and, and how we interact with it is from a place of individuality. Of course, that is not to say, and, and maybe my words are failing me here, but that's not to say that you, you, you don't recognize that you're part of something. You know, mm -hmm. you're part of a much bigger group, a collective and so on. But it's to say that ultimately it boils down to the individual. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, it means that how we prepare for things both in the micro and in the macro sphere is at the individual level, mm -hmm. right? So when you say you can have your goals, you can have your ideals, you can have your, your visions for the year, your plans, you know, those resolutions, do those are those mindful of your part in the grander scheme mm -hmm. of things? What are those ideals? Do they speak to the fact that you, you, although you act in your capacity as an individual, but your actions leave a footprint that is much greater and bigger than yourself? Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, that is that's where it, it's at, because I can never be ten people, mm -hmm. but I, I'm only me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I need to act in the best way possible in my capacity as an individual. And my ideals need to be virtuous. They need to be at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And they need to be towards what it is that I want for the world or the world I want to exist in. And my steps every day, the decisions I make, they need to be geared towards that. They need to be moving closer to that as opposed to um, feeling defeated and overwhelmed that I can't change all the years that needs to be changed in the world mm -hmm. as an individual you know yesterday I heard a minister say um, you you as in you as an individual 
can't do everything, mm. but everything can get done by the by you by each person. Mm. So I can't do everything myself, but if each one of us acts as we should, you know, follows God's calling for them, for them, we will get everything done. Mm. You know what I mean? And you see this like when you do group work. Mm. If everyone plays their part, things work mm. out. But if you're if you're the only person that has to do everything and the others are lax, yeah, it kind of falls apart, mm. you know. So, um, the preparation for me then is part of living. Mm. How we live is the preparation, mm. you know. And how we think, what we aim for, how we be- what we believe is our place and our purpose here. That is the preparation because that will determine whether or not we feel ready, whether or not when things happen, we feel like, okay, order is being restored or chaos is emerging. Mm. And ultimately, that will determine then how we respond. Mm. Do we go into a panic and cry war with us? Or are we like, yeah, no, I've put in the groundwork necessary for this. I know how to deal with this. You know, it's like what people do when they build up resilience, you know. You don't build, re- there's no such a thing as like, I learned resilience. You don't sit in a classroom and learn uh, resilience. It's through experience. You, it's you through it. experience, you gain it, mm-hmm. right? You gain it through experience. So you have to go through it to have it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's it's the same with this. And I really appreciate that, the, the, what you just said about, you know, someone, it's through the process as an individual that you're doing the preparation. And I think it's that reminder that to me it just clicked that we were all made because we were needed in some sort of way yeah. in the grander scheme. Right? Yeah. And if we're all made because we were needed in the grander scheme, that means we all have a contributing factor yeah. of some sort. So when I, I was actually having a conversation with a friend last week and I was saying, I believe the the phrase that we have thrown out there of uh, do you boo boo yeah it's both liberating and negligent yeah i said it's liberating to me because it's fine then that means society gives you the reins to decide for yourself but it's negligent because it sort of leaves you to say don't even come and ask me form your own conclusion yeah. of what you want to do and in that neglect saying you're an individual that must decide on their own come up with their own ground rules and it's the same society that's yeah, going to judge you when you yeah. decide to do your own thing. That negligence leads us to then not remind one another also of this principle. That, guys, don't forget that when you're setting your goals of how you're going to live your life, remember the grander scheme and the grander goal. At the end of the day, you must build up your character. At the yeah. end of the day, you must be a virtuous being to fellow man to your environment to everything i mean there is no harm in wanting a lot of money there is no harm in wanting to have a good life my joy is nice guys my enjoyment (laughs) (laughs) do that but you must watch yourself yeah you must watch yourself before you become (laughs) the the biggest enemy to the grander cause and i think it is in that that even she's saying, when you live your life and the practice of things, it's you contributing to the grander scheme. Yeah. That if I think, okay, this year I started a new job, where I am, 
in my little corner. Do people feel, and it's, it's not to win them over to my church, do people feel kindness? Yes. Do people feel there is still a higher power that cares yeah. for them? Does my service offer anything that symbolizes any joy or anything oh, goodness, that's goodness? Or, yeah. or to look forward to this hope in the yeah. soul. It, does my service render that? Yeah. Um, when it comes to my family, do they feel as though I am present for them? You know, in all facets of my life, my partner, do, do I shine with my friendships? Is, is a light, you know? Those are the things, I guess, that you must also include heavily into your planning of, this is my vision for the year. Mm. Because if you say, I want to make money, me, I want to... Money is made with people. Yeah, you must have listen, right? You must have, you know... Things, yeah. people vouch for you people will come through for you when you give them what Up they yourself. are looking for yeah. you know so it's it's in that that you need to master the basics we're back to Maslow's hierarchy you, you're busy there self-actualization <laughs> Gandhi you haven't even given me my basic bread yeah. you haven't even taken any time to just find out how am I doing you know just be there and and I think that's 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 the thing for me. Um, I liked what you're saying. It's through the process, but even in the process, are you aware that that's yeah. what you need to be channeling, yeah. rather than you starting at me, me, I need make money. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And and I appreciate what you said. Like, yay, that money needs to be made, fam. <laughs> like, let's not lie, y'all. Poverty is not. Cute. It's not. And there's nothing virtuous about it. No, there's nothing, it's not. nothing like, loyal or holy or appropriate. It's terrible. Whatsoever. It's, it's, it's a, a sin. Cool, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Exactly. It really is, man. Because honestly, like, we can't have a God who is gracious, kind, merciful. Like, I don't know how many times in the in the biblical text, like, the word abundance is alluded to, whether as a synonym Dude. or it's like, you fill my cup, it runneth over. Like, there's so much fullness, you know. You give me all of yourself. You pour out all of heaven. Like, hello. Like, so where does lack, which is truly the, the, the you know, the, the closest synonym to poverty, we can't associate that with virtue and goodness and righteousness, you know. Like, literally. Of course, I know, I understand, Guti, like you have, like, you know, um, those that are poor in spirit will inherit the but like that kind of lack is a lack of that alludes more to humility mm-hmm. which by the way you know is like whenever self selfishness self-interest is emptied out mm-hmm. abundance takes over mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's i like that you made that point because that's a very important point and it's very important as well to recognize that um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. That I was thought, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, of, no, no. I was, I was speaking to a friend that you know, um, selflessness, selflessness, and yeah, selflessness is not is not a synonym for self disregard. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. when to be selfless is not the same as you having zero care about yourself mm-hmm. you know not not having any self-regard 
you know you you don't take care of your health mm. you don't bath you know mm. um you don't prioritize or or optimize on your skills on your talents on your opportunities you know that's not that's not what it means at all mm. that's definitely not what it means at all if anything selflessness is 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 about you forgetting or putting yourself above everything else that actually makes you be- better at being yourself. Okay. You know what I mean? I would go as far as to say perhaps it's an act of idolatry in that you you regard what acts against you so highly that you forget or you don't act in a way that enhances you. Okay. Although you think you are acting in a way that enhances you. So I'll give you a practical example, mm-hmm. right? Um, a selfish person will always believe that what they need or what they want is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. They can take what they want yes. from other people as well. Mm-hmm. Now, that kind of person is a person that is not highly regarded by others. Mm. And what happens then, people that are social outcasts also tend to be people that become resentful, bitter, and angry. And those emotions are emotions that are not only terrible for you physiologically, because obviously they, I mean, like, that's not good. Like, it creates a stress. Mm. But also, you start to act in the world in ways that further isolate you from others mm. and alienate you from others. Mm. So then you become more resentful, more bitter, you know, more like divorced and separated from community and society, which is the exact same place where you're supposed to get love, care, compassion, nurture, mm. and so on and so forth, and become better. Because, for example, your skills and your talents, what are they for? they for... Usually they obviously to put bread on the table for you, but they also for service of others. Mm. But if you're unable to exist in a space with other people, you have those things become null and void. Mm. They are of no use mm. to anyone, least mm. of which yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but when you are acting selfishly, you are believing, or you are acting from a place where you think you are making things better for yourself. When, if you look at it in the grander scheme of things, you're actually making things worse for yourself. Yes. You know. So, that's what I mean by saying that you, selfishness and self-interest is, 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 is such a perverse thing because it creates the illusion that you are acting in your best interest when you actually aren't. Mm. You know what I mean? And self, self-regard, on the other hand, is like, I recognize that by acting in a way that is in agreement with with others, in a way that is thoughtful, considerate, empathetic, of service, dutiful, diligent, so on, it might look now as if it is a cop-out or it is the, the sheepish move that it is weak, but it, it is actually the long, the long game, you know. It is, it is what is beneficial. Okay. You know? So, I mean, I think we need to be able to make that distinction 
and to make that distinction very clearly um, as we plan for the year, as we go into the year, as we map out our ideals and our visions for, for the year, you know, um, and, and try our best, God help us, not to indulge uh, our selfishness, you know, or carnality that limits, limits us as an individual and actually inhibits our preparation for whatever comes our way. Mm-hmm. So just to recap, it's literally understanding that with the resolutions or the year or staying in your lane, because that was our main topic, yeah. that even in staying in your lane and acknowledging that you are a whole individual and in the grandest yeah. of things, that you ought to be aware, I think, let me start with the point that you just raised now, have a sense of self-regard, yeah. understanding that this is the situation, this is the circumstance, but, you know, take it as it comes, learn to adapt. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, also the importance of not negating that in your plan making, that you are aware of the bigger picture yeah. um, and not being too narrow to just say it's for now, whatever. Um, and then lastly, what would you add? Um, I actually think the first point were two points we had made mm. that, you know, that you are part of a much bigger community, collective, mm. whatever you want to call it. And so that's a separate point from um, having self-regard but not being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think those are the major lessons from staying in your lane. I thought this conversation was actually going to go differently because I had, I still don't know if I know what my lane is, but now I feel more comfortable about my lane because I understand that it's, it's saying staying in your lane is not saying you, when you are born, you have a lane. It's not something that I need to go fetch. Yeah that I discover only when I start to make money, when I have a lane, I can own a lane. I think your journey in life, being a living human being, you have a lane, there's a Mandy lane. And that Mandy lane is whatever I want it to be. And if my lane is is, is polluted, I should take ownership either to clean my street or not. Yeah. But that's my lane. Um, So, I had thought it was going to be a question of how do you know if you're in your lane or not. And I don't think that's a relevant question right now. I think the lane exists, but now it's just the mindset of what are you doing when you're in that lane. Yeah. Yeah. Are you erecting um, new sign postages? Are you actually adding value to your lane? Or your lane doesn't have streetlights and it's dark outside? Yeah. You know? And who now has the responsibility yeah. to deal with that? Yeah. yeah. Is it external factors or people or circumstances that have the responsibility to change the light bulbs? Or is it you? God must have municipalities. <laughs> <laughs> them golden streets and them houses that are being built, those mansions. <laughs> but he does. the service. <laughs> he does. He does. He he has, you know, um, oh, my new favorite advocating movie, Don't Look Up. Okay, girl. Netflix. We'll see you. <laughs> they didn't pay. Level. It's an unpaid. It's not an ad, guys. 
don't look up. Literally, part of his thanksgiving at the end says, when I actually think about it, we had everything. Yeah. And I was moved by that because literally, to me, that is where I sit on a daily basis. If I think of the basics of life and not, and I'm not at a just a survival basis. Yeah. I am beyond survival. Yeah. I have more than I need. And gratitude. Yeah. Gratitude keeps you in your lane. Yeah. And genuine gratitude. And it's not to say don't aspire for more, but genuine gratitude and understanding. And not and Futi this was also this misconception that your gratitude should be in comparison to yes. those who have little. Yes. Futi, you must only say yes. thank you because there are some who haven't eaten yeah. today. So yeah. I must be No, that's that's guilt tripping yourself into gratitude. No. But it's to say as a basic living human being, has he not provided food on my table today? He has. I am thankful. I have clothes, I have shelter, I have more than my basic needs, I have love. I have, you say, Meslo hierarchy, me, I'm going up, Baba. <laughs> I'm going up. And for that, I am grateful. Someone else in their own lane can speak for mm. themselves, and there's no need mm. for a comparison. Mm. Yeah. But I guess maybe you see now I'm also doing self actualization. I'm also doing, what, what do you say? I'm, I'm, this is self regard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. See? Yeah. And also, incidentally, you're answering your own questions. <laughs> You know, because you 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 were asking, or at least you, as you were expressing how you thought the conversation would go, with thinking how um, how you know you were in your lane, you know, and what does it look like to be in your lane, and part of it is exactly what you're saying, being able to think about yourself and speak about yourself, um, independently of others, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. you know and and i found that to be incredibly when i've been able to be aligned in that way it's incredibly empowering mm-hmm. and it, it's, it completely silences everything else mm-hmm. and you feel contentment mm-hmm. you feel contentment because you realize that you're exactly where you are in those states mm-hmm. in which you should be in and Literally, the only person you you are looking at is who you were before mm. and who you want to be. Mm. There's no one else, mm. you know. There's no one else. And you can't help but be content because mm. it's like, well, I mean, there is only me. This and is that's it. it. This is it. This mm. is really it, you know. Mm. One of my favorite books that I'm reading right now, mm, Russell Brand. Listen, I'm here for it. Drop the names, girl. Whoa! Recovery. My it, gosh. it is a must read. It is an I'm actually gonna get the hard copy. Yeah, me too, yeah. dude. I was thinking yeah. I was like, listen, yeah. you know, like I'm gonna yo wow, it's fire. And one of the things he says is, um Oh now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he says some really great stuff in that book. But because but, well, let let's see if we can chalk it. Because you're talking about staying in your lane, understanding that this is it. This oh is yes, it. goddess, thanks, girl. Okay, let's One go. of the things he says in the book is recognizing that the only moment that we have, the only moment that is true, the only moment that is real, is this moment right here. Yes. It's the only certain one. It's the only certain one you have. So you need to be faithful and true to you Mm. as you are now, Mm. you know. Mm. And you're not trying to and I mean in speaking in the context of um 
of, of drug addiction or any addiction for that matter. Mm-hmm. But the application for me goes further than that, you know, because one of the techniques that, that recovering addicts use is to literally act on one day at a time yeah. or one temptation at a time or one instance or situation at a time. So as and when an issue arises, you deal with it as and when it arises. Mm-hmm. You are not trying to be solving problems that you will only encounter two years from now. Dude, mm-hmm. you cross bridges when you get to them. Yeah. And you trust and believe then that if at point A, you acted in the best way you could, made the best decision you could with the information that you had. In other words, you gave to each day what was due to it. Mm. You won't have to worry about yeah. what happens at, at M and L and mm. and all the You know, mm. you're not you're not gonna have to worry about that. Yeah. If you you give duly and diligently what is due for each day, the future will take care of itself. Mm. Paraphrasing Jordan Peterson, but yes, you know. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's what it means to stay in my lane. It means yeah. to not have the other noises yeah. around and for me to actually see me as God sees me, which is individually. Yes. Yes. And to use the grace that he's given for that day. Yes. Yes. That day. I mean, even he says, right? Yeah. Like each day has enough travels of its, of yeah. its own yeah. and each, you know, mercies on you each morning. Yeah. Because each day is content and contained in yeah. itself, you know. So you need to be. We need to be faithful to each moment as and when it arises. Definitely. No, I think on that note, we both know our lanes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stay in them. Yeah. Stay in your lanes. <laughs> when they cross and yes. have a bifurcation, yes. it's fine. They have crossed. That's alright. But most of the times, or mm. yeah, all the time, stay in your lane. Where you ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Hi.